0: Welcome to Collision Cast, Fenderbender's official podcast, helping Collision repair shop operators make money, save money and work smarter. I'm Steve Bauer, editor for Fenderbender. Today we'll dive into part two of my conversation with Chris Mimoni regarding quality control and customer service insights to help you take your business to the next level. For part one of the podcast, visit fenderbender.com and click on the Collision Cast link. Chris has a wealth of knowledge in the collision repair industry. So sit back and enjoy part two of our conversation. Um, And I, I, I know you have, you know, you take a lot of pride in your customer satisfaction. I know like we talked about the San Marco or the San Gabriel location. You know, you guys had a a CSI of 98 and above. I mean, can you, elaborate a little bit on how, you know, doing all these things with the customer, keeping them involved in the process affects your customer retention.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I mean, doing all these things, you you create customer uh, where the customer is comfortable with you. If they find something, they're not going to um, give you a bad CSI. You know, at Carstar, when I was working with them and also with Service King, I would tell them that, you know, the customer's expectation is, let's say, uh, very neutral. But once they find something, we all know that their expectation now is higher.
0: Right. And
1: a lot of times you cannot please that customer because. Unfortunately, they start witch hunting the car. They start seeing things they didn't see before. They hear things on the test drive. They, they, their mind will make things up, right? And it—that's the reason why you go through that, and then you know, going through you know the follow-up call after the delivery. You know, these are the areas that create customer retention right you know these um will help your business and you know one thing i was told when i was young was you know we want to get the cars out and you know maybe we're sacrificing quality but when the car comes back and the expectations higher for one, you might not be able to please that customer. But, you know, you will say in the beginning that we don't have the time to do A, B, C, or D. But now that the car has to be reworked, now we make the time to do it. Why didn't we just make the time at the first time?
0: Right. and that kind of transitions into one of the points you wanted to discuss, which is the importance of the final inspection of the vehicle before the customer sees it. I mean, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Cause I know that's a huge part of what you believe in as, as far as a shop success.
1: Yes. Um, at uh, Marco's we had a, a final inspection department and I also coached this with service King and I coached it with Carstar. at Marcos we would um, inspect the vehicle we would put them on the lists and we would check everything and check the estimate to make sure that the everything matched with what we did to the vehicle this also this helps with when you, if you're in the state of California making sure that you're bar compliant, um, you know, and you're just making sure that whatever you got paid to do you did and you're gonna make saves by doing so. Sure. When I was when I was coaching on how to do um, a proper uh final inspection of a vehicle, I first created my process and then I ran it past an X agent from the Bureau of Automotive Repair. He told me, Chris, if a shop follows this process, they should have no issue. Mm-hmm. So what I coached them on was first you have to go down the work order line by line. And that's not just saying, okay, we removed the bumper, you know, or repainted it. You're actually going to want to you know, if we did the bumper, touch the bumper, touch the gaps. Remember, customers are feelers. Right. They, they they see something with their eyes and then they start feeling. And then you will catch things if you go line by line on the estimate. You will also catch things that possibly you did not do. Hmm. And um, if you go line by line on the like I said, you will catch things that you normally wouldn't have if you rifled down the estimate, put the estimate
0: down, that went through your quality assurance process. So really, I mean, it simply comes down to slowing down and taking the time to look at everything on your list, and, you know, I'm, you know we both know shop owners who don't do that and the end result is what you spoke about so i mean it's so worth it and like you said you know you don't want to have a car come back if you could have stopped it if you just taken the time and gone down the list correct
1: yes and also i i recommend to any shop owner to test drive every vehicle even a bumper job okay ask me, okay, well, Chris, it's a bumper job. What could go wrong? Well, how many times have we had tape on the tire? And you didn't test drive it. Customer leaves. They start hearing the clicking noise coming while they're driving down the road. And remember, they were in a collision prior. Right. They're, they're hearing things. Yep. They're, the detail is so much higher at this point. And so they come back, they're upset, and then you find out there's tape on the tire. But in their mind, there has to be
0: something bigger than just tape on the tire. Now you the expectations higher. Right. And, and it it's such a simple fix. All of that could have been avoided just by, like you said, taking the time and just, you know following through like you're supposed to. I, I, I find that fascinating because, you know, I myself have been in enough, you know, you, you have a heightened sense of awareness, I guess, uh, after you've been in a collision as a customer. And like you said, you want your vehicle to sound like it did before you got into the collision in the first place. So even something as simple as a piece of tape on a tire, you're, you're right. It could make all the difference in their opinion of, you know, the quality of work that you do on their vehicle.
1: Yeah, and, and one thing I forgot to mention is that, you know, the true art form of what we do in, in, in our industry are things you can't see. And you may ask me, okay, well, what do you mean by that? I'm going to use a medical um, uh, example. So with me if let's say I went to a particular doctor because they're cheaper, I do the operation. They open me up and they hook two arteries together that don't go in the right way. Uh, they, they do a lot of incorrect things Mm -hmm. and then they sew me up. I'm fine for the first three weeks and then I start having issues.
0: And you look fine to those who are are seeing you as well, right? Exactly.
1: It's like when a bumper—you can make a bumper shiny, ladies and gentlemen. We all can. We can make a bumper fit, but what's behind there is the rear body panel. Have the correct sealer? Are the welds um, all in the right spot? Do we have the correct wel- uh, number of welds per? the repair instructions, if we put corrosion protection. These are things customers don't see until you know there's an issue. And a lot of times, you know, we we have to realize is that when a customer has an issue, sometimes they may not come back to the shop. Right. They may they may drive it to the dealer. Mm. And the dealer puts it in the air sees a lot of things wrong they show it to the customer the customer will then go to another body shop and then the car will be witch hunted
0: absolutely yeah possibly, go ahead No, I say absolutely I, I could see that yes
1: and possibly if you're in the state of California the Bureau of Automotive Repair gets involved mm-hmm And the body shop that originally did the work has no idea this is all happening until
0: they get that phone call. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I, I love the analogy that you use as far as your body and the car because... Yeah, first looks can you know, like you said, anyone can make a bumper shiny, but no, they don't know. They're not experts. They don't know what has happened underneath that bumper. So I, I appreciate that analogy from you. It helps me and and others understand. You know, it's it's it goes beyond just you know making the car look good from the outside. You have to make sure that the parts and the process has been done correctly from the beginning all the way to the end. So. Uh, thank you for that. I I appreciate that as a great analogy. Um, One last thing that I do want to talk to you about, uh, and it's something that it's, I see it every day, um, and that's the, the continuing education for techs. I mean, the auto industry, in my opinion, is really going through an evolution right now with, you know, not even just Tesla, but I mean, the, the, the technology in these vehicles has become so advanced and it's going to continue to become advanced. And I was just curious to know what your thoughts are on the importance of continuing education, you know, especially in in the body shop industry where, you know, there isn't quite a lot of emphasis on, you know, you know, continuing education. Can you just speak a little bit on the importance of that and how it's going to impact You know, uh, techs and parts managers, you know, in the future, because it's going to have to at some point.
1: Yes, I'd be more than happy to. Um, You know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we all know that technology is changing drastically and it's going to continue to evolve and get more advanced to a point where PowerPoint learning and ICAR learning is not going to be sufficient enough. You're going to have to visit uh, possibly the, 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 you know, go to Fremont uh, for Tesla and actually get training, you know, hands on training to to work on these vehicles. Right. Um, You know, a lot of times advisors and technicians don't know what a car is equipped with. And, you know, we all could make mistakes with not calibrating a particular feature, not letting the customer know that these features need to be calibrated so it could take longer for the vehicle to get to them once
0: it reaches the final, you know, quality control checkpoint. Right.
1: You know, and you know, one thing advisors can do when they're checking in the car, if they have the knowledge and know what features are on a car, they can, if they start pointing things out, you're creating customer, um, comfort because now instead of the customer knowing more than you, you're showing the customer that, you know, everything that's on their car. Right. And with when the car is in the method of repair, you know, technicians, you know, having the knowledge to know what uh, needs to be done uh, in terms of calibration. Also having a technician learn how to calibrate these particular features. When I was with Service King, I would show technicians, especially the apprentice. Uh, technician program students on how to calibrate Tesla's yeah because if you can get uh, those technicians to to calibrate them correctly that's gonna be money for the shop sure and and that is important you're keeping it in-house
0: I was uh, you and I talked earlier um, this week. Uh, you shared a—I thought it was a great story um, about it was—it was a simple, uh, car, it was a keyless entry problem, and uh, the tech who was working on it, they couldn't solve it. They, um, you know, they had no idea what was going on. And can you share that story with me? Because I really enjoyed that. I mean, because that—that was your expertise. Um, and things that you had seen through your continuing education that you were able to teach to a tech, and from that point forward, that's something they'll probably be able to pass on to other techs. So if you wouldn't mind, just take a minute and share that with everybody. Yes, I'd be
1: more than happy to. Um, What happened is uh, this car was a Toyota Prius, and uh, they worked on the front door, and the front door had keyless entry. And they could not get the keel century to work. The car sat for two days until I finally showed up and I asked about the car and they said, you know, we're just going to send it to the dealer. Mm. And a lot of times, you know, when my recommendation is don't automatically send a car to the dealer because we can look, um, you know, kind of foolish, um, or it you know, just look bad. Right. Um, something so simple, and maybe the car might sit there for three days for something that, if we knew how to fix it, um, it could be taken care of. But with this particular car, the keyless entry wasn't working, and um, unless the OEMs have changed things. Uh, up to now Uh, the keyless entry system for that car does not need to be calibrated and so what I told the tech is I will bet two things Either either the wires are bent when you installed it or the plugs are wet and the technician was very very upset with me, he said, there's no way that could be, I did it correctly, I said, and I always do this, and it it goes a long way, I said, I'll make you a deal, I'll buy you lunch, either way, if it's incorrect, and you did it, excuse me, if it's correct, you know, and everything is plugged in right, I'll buy you lunch, if it's incorrect, I'll still buy you lunch, just get this
0: figured out. Right.
1: So he disconnected the handle and he looked at it and he couldn't believe it. He said the wires were wet.
0: (laughs) And you know what? What? What did he say after? You know, he realized that the wires were wet. I mean, did he? Was that something that he even had any knowledge of that that could have been a possibility until you you know explained that to him?
1: He had no knowledge whatsoever, and that's that's just one basic example on uh, knowing. Uh, certain gems on you know
0: basic calibrations uh, or basic uh, checkpoints on, yeah.
1: on how to figure out a problem yeah I, and,
0: yeah I, I i love that story and i think it really speaks to out of curiosity was he a younger tech or was he an older technician who had been in the business for a while
1: he was older okay he, he had been in the business for you know 25 years he knew... Uh, I had visited the store. I've never been to the store before. Um, and when he saw me, he sees a young kid. And I... You know, his guard immediately... And I'm very, very professional in how I am. And I expect certain to him. And after the interaction... He said, Chris, I want to apologize for how I treated you. Hmm. What, what you taught me right now um, has gone a long way, and I'm going to do my due diligence going forward to check things before I raise my hand for help or say that it's not my problem.
0: Right. And and I love the fact that, you know, you approach it with a positive mentality. You're not there to insult the tech. You're there to teach him. And, you know, as long as you have someone who's willing to learn, you know, when you come at it with a positive approach, you know, you get responses like that. And I think that I, I just find that to be a great example of, you know, someone who, you know, he had been in the industry a long time, And you know what? You can never stop learning, right? I mean, you always have chances to learn new things if you give it a shot.
1: I I agree 100%. There was one thing I wanted to add in terms of the uh, wow effect, in terms of the delivery, if I may. Would that be okay?
0: Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Um, You know, a lot of um, shops, you know, just don't have the employees to do, um, a complete delivery, you know, at Marco's, we, it was a show. We had three detailers at San Gabriel and it was a, you know, just a complete, uh, show for the customer, but the average shop doesn't have the personnel to do that, right? but you can do the delivery just with the advisor and the customer. The way it's done is the advisor says, you know, madam or sir, we're going to run through, you know, your lights. I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to start running through the electrical. If you can stand in front of the vehicle, do you see the regular, you see the high beams? Yes, I do. I'm going to flicker, flicker the high beams. I'm going to do the left signal, the right signal. I'm going to lightly tap the horn. I'm going to then, I, then they get out of the car, they open the hood, they show them the battery terminals tight. And that is important because a lot of times, um, those are left loose and then he made a save.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I got to tell you, Chris, you have provided a wealth of knowledge, um, today and I'm, before we uh we say goodbye i just was curious to know is there anything else that we haven't covered that you know you'd like to add um
1: one more thing in terms of uh retention um if i may um you know i talked about customer retention but another subject that shop owners all face is employee retention and You know, that, you know, the the
0: biggest thing that starts with is a culture. Does
1: the have a culture that is um, driven towards the beliefs of the owner? Is the management, um, you know, following those beliefs? Are the technicians, advisors, uh, front desk personnel – do they feel uh, appreciative? Appreciative? Are they um, being well taken care of? Is the equipment up to date? Where the technician doesn't have to sit for three days because their welder doesn't work? You know these. Um, you know because we deal with in a world today, ladies and gentlemen. We have COVID. Um, you know, and, and employees will move to other shops because they don't feel appreciative, appreciated. And that is a big thing that we're faced with. And if we, um, you know, show our appreciation, if the owners, uh, you know, when they're going through the shops, they're personable with people, with their employees, you know, those are the things that will keep your employees You know, at Marco's, we had employees that were 25 years, 30 years. You know, it was because Marco and Lillian, you know, treated their employees like family. And if I, in my belief, if we do that, you know, we're going to have less turnover um, and less because, you know, when you have turnover, you have to retrain and that uh, takes time and a lot of times you don't know what kind of teammate you may be getting you're going to have to teach a different culture that they were used they versus what they were used to so you know it's the uh, it's a big thing to have uh culture if you have culture you know you're going to have retention for a very long time
0: that that's a great point and Um, for our listeners um, if you haven't already seen it or haven't received your copy in the mail um, I encourage you Chris is on the cover of the February issue of Fender Bender magazine Uh, he's also um, the lead story on FenderBender.com and if you'd like to learn more about his journey and a lot of the things that he's gone through that we did not cover today because there's so much I encourage all of you to read the article it's an inspirational piece um it it certainly uh changed the way i think about a lot of things and chris i just want to thank you and i know um i i, I know your father is passed but i'm sure he's quite proud to know that you have continued tr- the tradition that he taught you um of making sure that the process is complete from start to finish uh
1: yes i i, I am very thankful and, and before um uh i end i want to give special thanks uh to three people if i may sure um the first uh obviously is my uh late father uh, marco mimoni uh he taught me uh, a quality oriented mindset uh from the very beginning he worked with me and just taught me the right way to do things The next person I want to give special thanks is to my mom, Lillian Maimoni. She taught me a different side of the business that even further uh, entrenched the Marco um, way of treating the customer. The last person that I want to give special thanks to is Alan Saviano who now uh, works for Crash Champions. But when I was part of Service King, he was the VP of the Southern California market. The reason I want to give special thanks to him is because he taught me a lot about um, integrity, on how to uh, go about um, how to present myself. He also allowed me to... uh, you know, bleed both the service skin culture and my roots at Marcos. And because of that, the Southern California market was able to flourish. And so I want to give special thanks to all three individuals because they have made me who I am today. And I just uh, am eternally grateful.
0: Well, I'm I'm sure uh, they share the same opinion opinion of you. So, uh, Chris, I I I was just I'm honored to be able to have spoken with you today uh, during our podcast. Um, and and if you're listening to this, I mean, Chris has offered so much information. And if there are things that he's talked about that maybe you have not implemented into your business, think hard about it. And if you'd like to find ways to improve your shop processes. Um, You could definitely reach Chris. Um, I'm going to give you some information here. It's a lot. Um, You can call him at area code 626-676-2202. And let me repeat that. Area code 626-676-2202. You can also email him at Chris Maimone. And let me spell that out for you. Uh, It's C-H-R-I-S-M-A-I-M-O-N-E. 1983 at gmail.com. So Chris Maimoni, 1983 at gmail.com. Chris also has a LinkedIn page that you could visit. Uh, this is lengthy, so it might be easier just to look him up, but I will give you the link uh, directly to his page. Um, it is linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Chris Maimoni. Hyphen seven eight four six eight four B two. Again, thank you so much, Chris, for taking your time today. Um, my name is Steve Bauer, and this has been Collision Cast.